Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. Today, Will Hobbs, Chief Investment Officer, and Mike Haslam, Head of Long Only Funds Distribution, discuss Theresa May's resignation and the impact that US-China trade tensions and Brexit may or may not have had on the economy. Welcome to Word on the Street. It's Friday the 24th of May. My name is Mike Haslam and this is my opportunity to look back on the week and focus on the main news events that have been making the headlines. And to help me make sense of it all, I'm joined by Will Hobbs, our Chief Investment Officer. Thank you, Will, for joining us today. Afternoon, Mike. Um, so, the agenda today, well, front and centre, um, now with today's resignation of Prime Minister May, we'll, we'll, we will touch on that. Let's also cover uh, the rest of the UK Brexit story. Um, and also, I want to focus on the US trade tariffs, which seem to be taking a lot of the headlines as well, especially earlier in the week. First of all, let's focus on the UK. Uh, before we get to Prime Minister May's exit, let's look at some of the headlines from this week. And they've all been pretty dismal, what with various companies getting into trouble. And they all seem to be blaming Brexit. So first of all, we had Thomas Cook blaming Brexit uncertainty for why Britons are delaying booking holidays and even holidaying in the UK. I mean, we've got this uh, um, um, comeback to state, um, staycations. Seems to be in favour. Yeah, Mike. I mean, I think there is um, there is a, there is somewhat of a story, at, at least in part of that. There is a boom in domestic tourism going on at the moment. Um, I saw one survey suggesting that a third of domestic holidaymakers plan to spend more of their holiday in the UK in 2019 versus the previous year. Uh, furthermore, half of 25 to 34 year olds uh, plan to increase um, their UK. Um, holiday time. But there may be more to this than Brexit. There are other reasons to holiday in the UK. Uh, so uh, myself and, and the wife, we're planning to uh, stay in the UK this summer, but this is because my wife and I never want to be a, on a plane uh, with our children uh, again after the experience of last year, particularly not the five-year-old. Most understandable. Mm. Okay, so uh, Thomas Cook at the beginning of the week. And then what about Jamie Oliver's restaurants? Um, in their official statement on Tuesday, uh, the company blamed Brexit. Yeah, I mean, uh, the casual dining space in which this, you know, Jamie Oliver's restaurant operates is a very, very competitive space. Um, you know, this is, we can say this intuitively, can't we? Uh, it's not just the proliferating high street options uh, we're faced with, but the food markets and all these kind of things, but also the online. Uh, so the growth of Deliveroo is another such threat to that kind of, uh, that kind of area. So Brexit may have had a role to play in this, um, as with Thomas Cook, but probably not to be exaggerated. About British Steel then, so terrible news this week with many thousands of people's jobs at risk. And again, British Steel blamed Brexit. But this time they, they, they were very specific, um, stating that the EU has not issued them with their annual allowance of carbon credits, which has effectively turned the company bust. This is um, probably something a little bit more direct in this in terms of Brexit. However, again, it's probably about much more as well. I mean, it's, let's face it, a very sad story, which is going to further hit um, already struggling communities in the UK. I think the point that we can make is that one way or another, uh, the government and the taxpayer are going to be on the hook, um, either through bailout or, or likely quite expensive decommissioning costs. So you're saying here that potentially what we read in the headlines with companies blaming Brexit, Brexit may not necessarily be the um, be at the root of all the uh, bad news that we've had this week. Yes, I mean, I think, you know, it's only had a role to play in some of it. But the, the thing we have to remember, I think, is that the media have to try and get us to read uh, their, their produce. You know, that's entirely natural. Uh, they have papers to sell, as they say. Uh, and the words, they, 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 they see Brexit 
uh, and Trump as the key words or among the key words to get our attention at the moment, uh, however tenuous the link. Now, as an aside, um, there was an interesting study illustrating how the tone of the news, uh, i.e. the words cropping up most commonly in the articles and websites that we read, has become significantly more downbeat um, since uh, over the last 50 years. Uh, now, this trend has actually accelerated in the last 20 years in particular, um, as social media has kind of raised the competition for our eyeballs uh, another notch or two. Uh, the point being that bad news sells. And so the more of it you give, the more of you would like to sell. Um, are you saying, therefore, not to be worried about Brexit? There are um, undoubtedly a few more worrying um, developments. I mean, you highlighted at, uh, at the front um, that the political context in the UK is obviously pretty fluid right now. Um, you know, a Conservative leadership election is obviously going to follow pretty quickly on from that kind of, you know, now, that now scheduled end to Theresa May's uh, premiership. Um, you've seen sterling wobbling a little bit over the last couple of days as traders have been trying to incorporate um, the changing probabilities of hard versus soft Brexit into, uh, into prices. Um, but actually, it's worth remembering that the UK economy and its political scene uh, tend to play a pretty small role in our, uh, you know, diversified funds and portfolios. So, what does it mean for investors? What do you What are you telling me that I should be doing? The reality is probably not much, uh, Mike. Um, if you don't feel you have an edge in the sort of twists and turns of this story and you don't feel you know, necessarily that you know where it's going to go next, then it's probably not worth getting uh, into the kind of trying to trade it. Um, like I say, our diversified portfolios have very little exposure to the UK uh, economy, direct exposure to the UK economy. Um, the fate of these portfolios tends to be decided by uh, stuff going on elsewhere in the US, even Asia. Um, and to that extent, if you don't feel you have an edge, you can make an extra bit of return by uh, trading the Brexit scenario, then probably don't. Okay, so I get it. So in our client portfolios, where we have exposure to UK equities, when they're diversified multi-asset portfolios, uh, what we are avoiding all the noise, maintaining radio silence and, and, until we gain greater clarity? Well, I think not so much radio silence, but certainly we only really want to speak and inform you when we feel we have something useful to say. Um, and uh, we will keep you informed as and when that may be. You mentioned um, Asia. Um, and and we've talked quite a bit about opportunities in emerging markets. So let's let's move on to that area. And can you give us an, an update with what's happening with the U.S.-China um, uh, trade tariff? Yeah, sure. So this is really an arm wrestle between the U.S. and China. Um, now, at its heart is China's uh, are China's intellectual property practices. Um, now, essentially, China um, is being perceived by many to be acquiring for the last several years. Um, and beyond, uh, China has been acquiring um, the rest of the world's um, intellectual property related to um, some of the sort of industries that are leading the way at the moment in terms of or some of the technologies that are leading in the way at the moment. Uh, and the accusation is that the acquisition of these technologies and intellectual property has been by both fair and foul means. Um, and so the US is trying to stop this. But again, the twists and turns are quite hard to call. A bit like Brexit, um, we still see some form of deal as more likely than not. Uh, and like Brexit, the incentives are just more or less there, uh, even if it can look quite chaotic close up. And this week, uh, the trade tariff um, subject has taken a meaningful step forward and it's, and it's really focusing now on a certain Chinese mobile phone company. That's Huawei, I think you mean. Uh, and it's a very, it's a fascinating company. Um, so the company is only 31 years old. Um, 
but it is now purported to be the largest employee-owned company in the world. Now, there have been some question marks raised about the shareholder rights of some of those uh, employees. Um, so there was a quite interesting quote from the founder and CEO, Mr. Ren, who famously said, the only benefit every Huawei employee is guaranteed is hardship. This is a company uh, on the uh, front line of, of, the, uh, of the battle between the US and China, basically. Uh, and that battle, like I said, is the, the battle to dominate the commanding heights of the next generation of uh, uh, technological advances, you know, the fourth industrial revolution, artificial intelligence, 5G, all this kind of stuff. Um, so it is an important sort of uh, important battleground. Now, this week has been a volatile week in terms of markets, and it's not just China being, in fact, um, uh, been impacted, but on the, you know, the other side of the world, uh, we've had um, you know pretty significant impacts on the share prices of the mega cap U.S. tech stocks. Yeah, so I mean, it goes to illustrate that um, we're going just we're going beyond just tariffs in the fight. That the front of this war is broadening. Um, U.S. chip manufacturers um, and designers, uh, like Qualcomm, um, are major suppliers to to Huawei. Um, uh, the related point here is that there was a recent study um, from the IMF, I think, who um, or cited by the IMF um, of uh, U.S. import prices. Um, from China. Um, and it found that um, tariff revenue collected um, has been borne almost entirely by US importers, so US consumers and businesses, basically. So despite the volatile week that we've seen, um, I did read something. Uh, there was a line from uh, written for, from your team earlier this week that said, and I quote, we would urge investors to look through to the other side of this trade skirmish and the likely accompanying volatility. The world economy still looks good enough to bet on for the long term. So in a sense, that fourth industrial revolution is part of that story because your long term growth and think about what you're trying to do with a capital markets um, investment, with a diversified investment in the world's capital markets, you're taking a positive view on the future of innovation. Um, you're saying that I believe that, uh, you know, the, the world and all its inhabitants are going to invent more ways to do more with less, uh, which is exactly what the fourth industrial revolution is all about, obviously. Um, so that long term growth story is very much still assured. Now, in the short run, uh, the picture is a bit more cloudy, a bitterly, um, you know, our uh, proprietary recession probability indicator is ticking up a little bit at the moment. Um, not so much just sort of, you know, necessarily flashing amber for us yet, but certainly this is things to watch. Uh, you know, the, the world economy is, um, is, is, is is stumbling a little bit at the moment. Um, so this trade war comes at a slightly inopportune moment. Like I say, we still don't quite see the next recession on the uh, immediate horizon, um, but certainly the risks have risen a little bit. Will, as always, you talk sense. It's been another um, unnerving week, uh, but I guess only in the press headlines. And what with the European parliamentary elections um, going on as we speak, plus uh, the potential upcoming vote on Brexit in Westminster, plus the um, uh, comings and goings, um, as we'll see over the next couple of weeks in Downing Street, it seems there's always something to be worried about. But I think I can sleep easy tonight. Thank you for your time, Will. Please be aware that past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. All investments can fall as well as rise in value, and you could lose some or all of your money. Additionally, this podcast does not constitute an investment recommendation.